This is a CBC Podcast. Ginger beef and Caesars are the pride of this city. But when it comes to domestic food, why not also talk about coffee and cabbage? I'm Anise Haidari, and this is Calgary. If you've gotten Chinese takeout with a Calgarian, you've definitely heard about how ginger beef was invented here. If they're from Toronto, they probably looked at you quizzically when you ordered it. And that's not the only food or drink we lay claim to. The Caesar, that beloved mix of Clamato juice and vodka, it's usually claimed as a YYC original. Unless it's that clam-free version that ignores the C, the Bloody Mary. Okay, so neither of us were born here. That's producer Josh Paget. He and I both know the two powerhouses of Calgary food, though. And ginger beef, it's so popular around Western Canada. It was news to me that it wasn't popular, like, everywhere, right? And it started here. So a while back at my other gig over at the radio show, The Calgary Eye Opener, we actually heard from the daughter of the guy who invented it. George Wong created it at the Silver Inn on Center Street in town. Now, that restaurant closed in October of 2022. But here's his daughter, Michelle, talking about the dish. He had a stir-fried beef recipe that he had brought brought back or brought over. But it was more kind of Asian style, like very Chinese, traditional Chinese dish. And so, and, and I think the restaurant is actually selling more burgers and they were Chinese food back in the 70s. And so dad was trying to find out, like find some sort of recipe that would bring a little bit of, I guess, the Western cuisine to Chinese cuisine. And I, and, and maybe that's like what he's thinking, you know, burger and fries, you know, um, you know, deep fried beef uh, fries type thing, right? And so he kind of lightly battered the beef and tried this recipe out. And that's kind of how ginger beef was born. For me, ginger beef can't be chewy or or hard or too yeah, crunchy. It's got to be like tender on the inside and crispy on the outside. And then the sauce has to be like nice and thin and not that kind of sticky syrupy sauce. Oh, yeah. It's got to be tender on the inside and it has to hold its crunch through the sauce on the outside. I am really hungry <laughs> and I didn't bring any ginger beef to this taping. What? It's probably for the best because I don't think our technician, Mac, wants to deal with sauce all over this microphone. The sauce or perhaps the never-leaving-you aroma of clams. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, of course, the Caesar, which I actually don't like, as you probably could guess there. Which surprises me because it is like the only alcohol you can have before noon without being frowned upon or what? looked at with an eyebrow up. Do I look like someone who cares if he's frowned upon? First of all, <laughs> frown away. But I, first of all, it's afternoon as we're taping this. Uh, well, that sounds like I'm just like, I'm drunk right now. That's not <laughs> what I meant. I can appreciate that it is a big part of Calgary's food history. It's just not for me. It's the Clamato part. I'm fine with the vodka and the celery is good roughage. But if we're going to talk about local food like a Caesar, I am not your expert because I don't like Calgary's iconic drink. And I just eat all the ginger beef for myself. So we brought in a local food expert. Dan Clapson co-wrote the book literally on food from this part of the country. It's a cookbook called Prairie. The name probably tells you where the recipes are from. He's a food writer and columnist, too. He's here in studio with me. Hi, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. So let's start with the Caesar. I know you've been behind the bar a few times yourself, <laughs> I'm sure. 
and you've drank a few Caesars in your time. Tell me the story of this drink. So it was invented famously in 1969 at a hotel that's no longer there in downtown Calgary. It's currently the Westin. But there was a bartender by the name of Walter, and he came up with this drink, which was essentially a spin on a Bloody Mary, which would have been still a famous drink today, but uh, back then the most commonly ordered drink. So his twist was that he added clam juice into the mix as well as some spices, and then the Caesar was allegedly born. Okay, allegedly. So is there dispute over the Caesar coming from Calgary? With the, in this particular example, I guess no. I will, let's let's just say firm. Nineteen sixty nine, Walter, he did it. Like let's close that chapter. But a lot of food and drink origins can be a little bit murky. So I'm just so I'm predisposition to always say allegedly with literally everything I say. Somebody could easily be like, oh well, I actually put clamato juice in my vodka two years before he exactly. did it. Exactly. So yeah, I I realize. Clamato juice is very popular. Clam juice is a thing. But there's just something about the idea that you're taking fish water and being like, yum, let's add this to vodka. Well, I think the reason why that was sort of a game changer or still is with this cocktail is that it definitely adds that factor of umami into the drink. And that's something that Bloody Marys don't always have necessarily on how they're prepared. So that, I think, fundamentally is would have would have set Caesars apart way back when. Um, these days, I will say out of all the iconic Canadian food and drink, I do think globally the Caesar is probably the most famous Canadian food or drink item. So I think it's kind of cool that it's actually from Calgary. Mm-hmm. I want to go back a little bit to what she said uh, and that word umami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know an obnoxious food word or two in here, you know. So, <laughs> how would you describe umami to someone who doesn't know what that means? So, it's sort of like that you can't quite put your finger on it. Sixth taste, the sixth sense, sort of. You know, when you when you eat something and it tastes so completely full, you know, it has it's like sour, it's salty, it's a little bit sweet, it's everything plus a little bit more. That's umami. So, it's like meat and meat accessories as a taste. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> What makes this drink so popular with, I mean, aside from hangovers, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like it definitely gets some of its roots from a Bloody Mary, which is commonly associated with brunch and or hangovers or or both. Um, But I mean, aside from that, I don't know. I think that we're looking at the brand that makes it obviously a lot of millions and millions of marketing dollars go into it as well to make it an iconic Canadian drink. So there's definitely that factor. But I mean, people are always looking for something that's their own, whether it's in their own country or their region or their city. So I feel like this uh, was something that resonated clearly with the entire country over the decades. And now here we are today. And who doesn't love a Caesar except for you, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, except for me and Americans, I suppose. They always stick with the Bloody Mary, it seems. Why do you think the Bloody Mary um, is more popular in the States? Well, it, it's fundamentally invented there so that it's been around longer. But I, I will also say I do prefer Bloody Marys over Caesar. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm, def- I'm definitely leaning your way a little bit. But I, I find the garnish game is also better in the States. I really, really do. But um, that's a whole other aspect to this drink. I mean, when you are in key tourist destinations in the States that Amer- or pardon me, Canadians go to, I do find that uh, Clamato Mix is now readily available. So if you're in places like uh, Nashville, in Palm Springs, pretty much anywhere in California, actually, you can access Clamato quite easily. So I do feel like we've really put some pressure on the States to also serve Caesars. Yeah, altered some mm-hmm. drink supply chains there. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's switch gears from beverages briefly, uh, because ginger beef is the other one that Calgarians yes. always brag about. Mm-hmm. And we heard about it earlier in the podcast. Tell me what you know about ginger beef. So ginger beef, they don't really have an exact year when it was invented. Obviously, it's tied to the Silver Inn in Calgary. And what I will say about ginger beef is that I think sometimes that we ourselves in this part of Canada think it's more 
widely available than it is. I think sometimes if you go east, like Ontario or further out to the east coast, this dish is, is not on Western Western Canadian or Western Chinese, pardon me, uh, restaurant menus. And a lot of people over there don't really know what it is unless they've been to this part of Canada. Yeah, it drove me crazy. I lived in Toronto for quite a while. And I could never mm-hmm. find ginger beef. But like I grew up in Edmonton, mm-hmm. lived, have lived in Calgary for quite a while. And here it's on every restaurant mm-hmm. menu that even has like something slightly Asian-ish, right? Like it's it's everywhere here. And then I get to the east and you get this look of like – what like we, they might have like ginger sauce and then you get something beef, similar but, but it's definitely it's not quite the same you know it's not that semi-dried beef that's been coated and fried and then yeah tossed in the sauce so yeah it's definitely something that i would say is more regional than national this could be an impossible question to mm-hmm. answer and if you don't know that's okay but do you have any theories as to why it hasn't spread across the country the way other things have i mean i do think that <sighs> And that's tough to answer. <laughs> it's not that it's not delicious because I feel like we all know yeah, it's it's very, it's very tasty. I do think that different pockets of different um, styles of restaurants across Canada probably have their own regional specialties. Like I think I, I know that for a fact based on, on where I dine. You've been to Edmonton. Edmonton has a very famous fried prawn and peach canned peaches and condensed milk dish. Yeah, which I'm not you a cannot fan find of that one here. either. It's- <laughs> Don't go looking for it if you're listening yeah. to this. Sorry, Edmonton folks. <laughs> you know, and so it, there, I think that they're very proud of that, and it's a very popular dish. But you're not going to find it if, even if you're in Kelowna or Vancouver or something. You might find it on the odd menu, but it's certainly not as common. So I think that it, depending on where you are, there's maybe just a regional specialty, and that's that. I think fundamentally is what ginger beef is. What is something that would be a dish that you'd know, like it's it's distinctive in how it tastes, whether it's a, a food or a drink, and you might go, oh, that's from Calgary. What's what's something else that we haven't talked about? You know, I think the lesser known cocktail that's quite well known in Alberta is called a shaft. And that was, again, I always say allegedly because we don't quite know the origins of everything. But allegedly it was invented in the living room on 17th Avenue in Calgary. So this drink is, think of it like an amped up espresso martini basically with added cream. Um, I think we do have a sample here. We do. Let's open these shafts yeah, and let's see do how it. they taste. So this particular one's made by Park Distillery. It's Mountain Joe. Um, it's actually a vegan version. So it uses oat milk instead of uh, dairy. But I think that's just for the canning process. So. Okay, let's yeah. try this. I haven't had a shaft not at a bar in a long time i mean wakes you up for sure <laughs> yeah i'm gonna not have to sold. find a way to be nice i'm not i don't know that i'm sold on this but i've had some very good shafts at a lot of bars over the years it's i didn't realize that it was from calgary mm-hmm. though but like there's arguments over where it came from yes allegedly it was invented in uh, victoria as well around the same time victoria bc so you'll find that sometimes with different drinks and dishes that they have origins in different places around the same time period so it's sometimes it can be hard to claim it but i do think that of my memory and the time that i've spent eating and drinking around the country i would personally associate the shaft with calgary is a shaft a kind of drink that i could order in a bar anywhere in the country and people would know sometimes it has different names uh in bc i find it can also be called a pick-me-up so if you order that uh, a lot of whistler bars will have that drink i mean obviously in victoria you can find a shaft bc it will have a part of me in banff they will have it called the shaft but yeah they're because the espresso martini is so trendy now you'll find a lot of different bars will have their own version of that drink and i think sometimes by accident it becomes a shaft because they're just trying to adjust the uh, foundational recipe of Mm -hmm. an espresso martini what's easier to make an espresso martini or a shaft well, espresso martini just has less ingredients, so I mean, but otherwise they're exactly they're the same. Basically the same. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about your cookbook for mm-hmm. two seconds here because uh, it has all recipes from the prairies. Is there anything in there that you'd be like, that's a Calgary thing? 
I mean, I think the most interesting thing about the prairies is comes down more so to ingredients as opposed to iconic dishes. I mean, there's not there's not that many iconic dishes or drinks even in America, let alone in Canada. So I don't think you can really build a book around iconic dishes and drinks, but. Yeah, in terms of ingredients, like in Alberta, I think people are always really surprised to know that we are the biggest honey producer, honey producing province in the entire country. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. we produce the majority of the country's honey, which people might not know. So you know, we try and like touch on points like that throughout the book. And obviously, here we're huge for uh, wheat and barley production, things like that. You know, you go to Saskatchewan, and ninety percent of the world's lentils, no. 90% of the country's lentils are produced in Saskatchewan and Canada is the largest exporter of lentils in the world. Yeah, I was so, going to say, it's not 90% in the no, world. No, no, no. But we export a wild amount of lentils and they all come from, from Saskatchewan. So little facts like that I find to be quite cool. Um, when we were talking before, you'd mentioned the charred cabbage from yes. Pigeonhole. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that just because I feel like we need some vegetables in this mm, discussion yeah. after ginger beef and booze. When I was pondering what... Dishes and drinks were iconic in Calgary. Of course, there's many restaurants now that are notable that have been open for close to 10 years or, or longer. I mean, Pigeonhole is turning 10 in 2025, I believe. But their most famous dish is this dish. It's very simple. It's um, like a, it's almost like a ranch, house-made ranch dressing on the bottom with a charred piece of cabbage on top and a minillet uh, cheese that's just shaved so lightly on top. And it's a, such a beautifully presented dish. It tastes wonderful. And I feel like before that in Canada, you never really saw chefs taking a, a chunk of green cabbage and presenting it as like, this is the star of this dish. And I think that that was really a game changer for cabbage specifically. In the, I can't speak beyond the Canadian restaurant scene, but I would say in the Canadian restaurant scene, that dish in particular, Pigeonhole, created by Justin Lebeau, really had chefs across the country thinking differently about how to use cabbage. And to tie it all back to the Prairie Cookbook. I don't know if we would have cabbage on the cover of that book if it would not have been for that dish being created at Pigeonhole. So it's less that the dish came from Calgary and more that Calgary made cabbage sexy again. I think so, you know, and now like, I was just at Calcutta Cricket Club in Calgary and they have this really wonderful charred Napa cabbage dish and it has a Sri Lankan curry on top and it's so delicious. But I'm eating it and it's, it's, it's so hard not to think like, would they be serving this charred cabbage if it was not for you know, pigeonhole almost 10 years ago, you know, it's hard to say that for sure. But I mean, restaurants get inspired by other restaurants, especially with the, uh, with the way that Instagram works these days and TikTok and whatnot. I mean, we see it all with trends all the time. So, I mean, I really do think that pigeonhole really made cabbage cool. <laughs> so Calgary is making Caesars cool, making shaft cocktails cool and cabbage. I think so. Okay. <laughs> I want to come back to the Caesar just to wrap yes. this up because I, as I've said, I, I really dislike them, but I haven't had one in like 15 years. Okay. So do I need oh, to wow, give Clamato juice another try? I think so. All right. I mean, well, why not? <laughs> let's, let's do it. We've got cans of like, <laughs> yeah, it's go. the OG, Mott's Clamato Caesar. Here we go. I mean, uh, it smells so tomato-y. <laughs> no, not for you? No. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, well, if any coworkers want a uh, Caesar, um, <laughs> a lightly sipped can of Clamato. Yum. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone listening who loves these. Um, Dan Clapson, Caesar lover. Caesar, Caesar sort, sort of lover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Caesar expert. Yeah, sure. Ginger beef expert, uh, cabbage aficionado. Yeah. And uh, food expert. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Okay, so we know that ginger beef is from Calgary. We know that Caesars are from Calgary. And we've heard about some other things there. But what we don't know for sure 
is how much ginger goes in ginger beef and whether you have to have it at all. I watched a documentary on this from a couple of years ago, and they were made it in the Silver Inn kitchen, and you don't necessarily always have to have ginger in ginger beef. It was rather when, like, the first customers were starting to think, oh, this has a little bit of a kick, and it is kind of gingery, and it just went with it. So it's more like memories of ginger beef. Yeah. So you may be enjoying that ginger beef, and maybe it does sometimes, but it also very likely does not have ginger in it. Huh. There you go. The more you know. This is Calgary, where we uncover the mysteries of the Caesar and apparently reveal maybe there isn't any ginger in that ginger beef. But whatever's in it, it's from here. Our producers are Josh Page and Mac Meyer. Our executive producer is Tracy Johnson. I'm Anise Hedari. This is Calgary. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.